Welcome to the Seniorology Podcast with your host, me, Leslie Kerrigan, creator of Seniorology and Conference 12. Seniorology is the study of high school senior photography, and this podcast will walk you through all the aspects of running a successful senior portrait business. So whether you've been a senior photographer for a while, or you're just getting started in the senior portrait business, the Seniorology Podcast is your resource for all things senior photography related. Well, it's Leslie here with another episode of the Seniorology Podcast. Today's episode is part of a series of interviews with some of the industry's top photographers who also happen to be speakers at this year's Conference 12. If you don't know what Conference 12 is, it's Seniorology's once-a-year educational event with 12 speakers teaching 12 different classes all about senior photography. And this year's event will be August 25th through the 28th in Nashville. Nashville, Tennessee. There are only eight spots left and registration closes April 1st. Only a $250 deposit and an easy payment plan secures your spot at this year's event. So today's guest is Courtney Delora, who is a speaker at this year's conference. And Courtney is going to share with us a little bit about what she is speaking on at the conference and give us a couple of tips on how to run a photography business using some corporate strategies that creative thinkers might not consider. So welcome, Courtney. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. Um, we are going to chat a little bit, um, asking Courtney a couple of questions and getting you guys some information about what you can expect at Conference 12. Um, so I guess I will just dive into the first question, which is, tell us who you are and where you're from. Well, I'm Courtney Delora, and I am originally from Northern California, but now live in Knoxville, Tennessee. I've lived here for about, I think, 13 years or so. Yeah. Oh, awesome. She's close to me, so I like that. (laughs) Okay, so what is your background, and um, how did you first start in photography? Oh, gosh. Sorry, I have like a a tickle in my throat. Um, Well, when my kids were teeny tiny, I started – I'm going to go way back. Okay. <laughs> I'll, try to do, I'll try to do it really quickly, but I'll still go way back because I, I always kind of omit this, not on purpose, but it just seems so long ago because my kids are, son's about to be 21 and my daughter is going to be 18 this year. But um, when my kids were really, really little, I started scrapbooking. <laughs> so I actually worked in the scrapbook industry for quite a few years as a designer for um, like different magazines and actually different like scrapbook companies who made the paper and all the accessories. And so I was a designer for them. And out of necessity, when I would get assignments from magazines, the, of course the photo that went on to the scrapbook page needed to be, you know, decent, if not decent, needed to be better. And I grew up with a father who was a sculptor and a painter and also a photographer out of, out of necessity for his sculpting and his painting. So we had a dark room in my house growing up. And so I had a pretty solid knowledge of photography. My uncle is a high fashion photographer in um, San Francisco and New York all growing up. And I actually used to be a child model. So I'd been around the industry for a long time. It almost sounds fake, but it's not, I swear. I'll even, at conference 12, I will bring my 
childhood portfolio. I want to see it. Yes, I want to see it. Hysterical. And then as I got older, they realized I wasn't going to get bigger or taller than five four. So they're like, "Yeah, you're a child child model for life." <laughs> um, but uh, so anyway, I was always around photography. Got into scrapbooking. Got into working in the scrapbooking industry and designing. And realized I needed to kind of go back to my roots and get better at photography. So I really started getting good at photography. And then naturally, people were asking me, "Oh, you take some pictures of my kids and all that." And that's when we lived on the West Coast. And when we moved out to um, Knoxville, uh, I just had, I have a very entrepreneurial spirit. And I was just like, there was a huge um, hole in the market here. There weren't a lot of people doing senior portrait photography at all. Um, Dare I say, really anyone. Um, And I just thought, this is crazy because on the West Coast, I graduated high school in 1996. You always got to go to like a special studio and a special port, like you didn't have to go to the school photographer. That was, you were excited about it. Your picture got to be in color. You got to pick which picture went into the yearbook. Like it was all those things. And they just weren't doing that out here. All the kids were going to their local high school, going to the gym, putting their, mm-hmm. you know, and they just weren't, and then it just wasn't a thing. So when I see being an entrepreneur, I see a hole in the market, I'm like, I'm going to fill that hole. And so that's when I started Peachtree Studio and started um, my senior portrait business, which Lasted for like, I think, I think I had the studio open for six, six years, eight years, something like that. And then I said, this is going to be quick, but geez Louise. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, um, Altered State, uh, the clo- female clothing chain that, um, they, I was very persistent, reached out to them a lot because I wanted to partner with them. They actually started in Knoxville, their first store, their corporate offices are here in Knoxville. Um, Very persistent with them because I wanted to partner with them because they were perfect for my senior demographic and for my senior portrait business. They hired me to do their very first lookbook that they ever published. And so I can show that to you all at Conference 12 also. Um, I'm still... Oddly, still proud of it. It's still actually pretty well, you good. Should be. <laughs> well, you know how you look back on some stuff and you're like, whoa, yeah. well, like I thought that no, was, good. was good. And then you're like, you know, do you know what I mean though? You look back yeah. on some of your work and you're like, oh, like I thought that was amazing at the time. And now I'm like, holy cow. But um, I'm still like very proud of those lookbooks. Um, but uh, so did their lookbooks and they really liked it and the company was growing like crazy. And so was meeting with their owner and their um, like VP of marketing. And they were thanking me for the work and said that they wanted to, you know, continue doing work. And they asked me if I knew anybody who could be their creative director. And I like oddly was just like heard somebody say, yeah, me. And I was like, it was me who said that. And I was very shocked by it. I was like, oh, okay. I guess I'm just going to throw that out there. And they, um, you know, said, oh my gosh, and offered me the position and I closed my studio down. So that was how I kind of went from photography to the corporate world and was mm-hmm. there, was their creative director for two years. And so still was very much in my lane, you know, I was in charge of all photography, all social media, all like kind of that, the visual mm-hmm. communications, um, not necessarily store design, but anything you saw um, their e-commerce and I, you know, they didn't even have an e-commerce when I started. I was the one who started their entire e-commerce, um, division and all that. So it was just, uh, it was a amazing two years. I learned a lot and then I resigned from there and did a lot of, for about six months, did a good bit of corporate consulting, um, for people and thought I was going to start my, I thought I was going to start my senior portrait business back up. And then that's when Sugarlands Distilling Company called, um, and said that they were looking for a director of communications. And I was on a short list of people recommended to them. And, um, 
told him no a couple times. <laughs> and then what do I know? What do I know about moonshine? I'm from Northern California. Um, so told him no a couple times, went for the interview, um, just sat down and chatted with them, kind of went in with the attitude that I was going to ask for the world. And just, you know, it was just, it was, it, it, it actually is, it was a wonderful interview and realized that, you know, this is a lot of things in the universe are just totally meant to be and went ahead and jumped in feet first. And it's been over five years that I've been with Sugarlands now. And it's, I couldn't be happier. It's like one of the best work environments. I love my job. It's, it's amazing. But what I do for Sugarlands is I'm director of communications. So, um, yeah. So anyways, that's, that's the long and short of it for my career <laughs> from photography to moonshine <laughs> from photography to moonshine you know but you know what's funny is there is similarities no matter what business you're in so tell us what is different between running your own photography business and being in the corporate room corporate world and what's the same because i'm sure there's some difference and some similarities yeah so when People ask me this question about, you know, how, how could you ever own your own business and then go back into the corporate um, arena or go back to working for somebody else? And the one thing I will say is that the two positions I've held with the two companies I've been with since closing my studio down um, have both been startups. So, you know, at the time with Altered State, I think they had like 10 stores maybe at that time. So ultimately a startup and they'd only been in business under a couple, you know, maybe not even five years. So a startup, you know, the, the, the craziness, the growth at same with Sugarlands. So with Sugarlands, we hadn't even opened the doors yet. The building was still being constructed when I mm -hmm. came on board. So that when you're with a corporate startup, it is very mm -hmm. similar to owning your own business because the, the similarities are everyone pitches in Everyone wears a million different hats, you know, mm -hmm. just like you do as an entrepreneur and own, owning your own business. So with that being said, I've always said that like startups are my jam. Like I love it because right. I loved being an entrepreneur and I love that mm -hmm. every day is different. I love that um, one thing that's my gift is timelines and um, strategy. So mm -hmm. I was really good at that for my own business. And I've been able to parlay that into these two startups that I've worked for. And, and um, the one thing, the thing that's, I mean, the, the, the thing that's different is just you have larger teams of people. Um, right, you have, not just you. Mm -hmm, you have a bunch of different personalities that you work with. Um, it's not just you making the decisions. And right. you have to, you know, which I do, you have to value other people's opinions and other people's perspectives. And even when you feel in your gut, it's the, uh, the right thing to do or from research and from, you know, development, you think, okay, we need to do this. There's other people involved and they, you know, and so it's a lot more collaborative than having right. your own business. Um, you know, when you have your own business, you make the decisions and you live and die by them really. Um, when you work in the corporate world, it's much, much more collaborative and, mm -hmm. um, which is nice. And I think that's the great thing about conference 12 too, is that in going to an in-person live, um, educational event is that that was something that I missed so badly about being, um, 
I missed that when I was an entrepreneur and when I was a photographer because I just there was no there was just very little collaboration and that's why I opened Second Story which was the co-working space. Right. So I opened Second Story and invited a graphic designer in, a wedding photographer, and a makeup artist and other business owners um, in our town who didn't have a brick and mortar, didn't have a storefront, um, they would come in and they pay me a little bit of money to use the space. But I remember being like, oh man, I miss that interaction. But the yeah. great thing about going to something like Conference 12 is that um, you are with like-minded people that are having the same struggles and the same successes. And you can really foster some relationships that can continue even once you go home. I mean, that's how, I mean, Leslie, you and I, I mean, you came yeah. to, you, I mean, that's how we met. You came to Folio Love in Knoxville, Tennessee, and we struck up a friendship and it's been like, what, eight years now or something yeah. like that? Yeah, so, exactly. And you call me and bounce, even now that I'm not even in photography, you call me and bounce ideas off of me. I call you and we chat about stuff and it's just been a great way to have a sounding board in a different town. So it doesn't feel like there's any competition there. But right. with the way technology is now, you can meet somebody at a conference and you can feel as if you live in the same city because you can get on Skype and you can, you know, FaceTime with each other. And I think it's great because that's, that's so. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I know it is. That is one really good thing is having the community of it. Um, what do you think photographers can learn about running their own business from a corporate perspective since you have both your own business perspective and the corporate world? Well, I think one thing, even when I was a, a photographer, is that, you know, I think a lot of people have to realize that it's like 20% shooting and 80% yeah. business, business tasks. Um, I think that that sucks for creatives. It mm -hmm. didn't It didn't suck so much for me because I, I actually loved the business side of it right. more so than the shooting side of it. So uh -huh. um, I loved shooting, but man, I really got fired up with the strategies and the marketing and the communicating to the 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 demographic. But the thing that people I think need to know is consistency. I think it's, um, can't be fly by the seat of your pants with your business strategies. Um, that's something about that. I think that I can really help people understand is from a corporate perspective, you know, I'm working on initiatives and things that are happening in 2020 right now, you know, and yes. I think that a lot of small business owners, God bless it. It's like, I remember it. It's like, you were just like, holy crap, what do I have to do like next week? You know, like you're just trying. But if people can step away, maybe during the slow season or even come to a conference or even go for a weekend with a couple, you know, like have a retreat, a mastermind type of thing where you really step away and you do not allow the everyday Mm -hmm. needs to get in the way. You have got to have planning periods, even if it's one large planning period a year, and then quarterly check-ins with yourself. And it's, right. it's making the strategy and consistently sticking with the strategy. And it's it, it can get mundane and it can get boring, but you have to you have to stick to the strategies. Now you can pivot if something's not working. You can make little small changes or whatever, but you can't just one day wake up and throw a strategy at the wall and hope it sticks within two weeks. Like right. it takes time to build the fan base. It takes time to build the recognition. It takes time to, to build all those things. And, you know, it, it's, I think that that's something that, 
I really look forward to helping people at Conference 12 with. It's what fires me up. I love mm-hmm. project management. Like that's kind of boiling it down to what I think a lot of people can understand mm-hmm. is like I will sit there and I will strategize a year-long communications plan in um, September and November. I present it. Um, I, I'm on the I'm on the executive um team. And so there's like five of us who run the company. And so we come to each other and we do a three-day retreat where it's our CEO and the rest of the executives. And we just present our ideas. We brainstorm with each other and then we go away, we lock it in and then we stick to it. And, you know, opportunities come our way and we pivot and we're like, oh gosh, we didn't have that in our plan for 2020 or 2019, but that's a great opportunity. So we're going to pivot and we're going to throw it in there. But for the most part, we have focus. Right. At least you Mm -hmm. have something to start from. At least you're not, like you said earlier, fly by the seat of your pants every day. At Mm -hmm. least you have some sort of plan. It's, I think probably it's better to pivot from a plan than to not have one to begin with. Oh, absolutely. And I think it creates, if you don't have a plan, um, if you don't have a strategy in place, a 12 month, 18 month strategy in place with focuses and, and timelines and, and all of that, it's just dreams. There's no goals there. Um, you're just dreaming. And then I think what it really fosters is, um, the comparison issues that I see in the creative industry. Um, because you don't have a solid plan that you're confident in. You don't feel like you really, know where you're going in your direction mm-hmm. and therefore you're looking to others right that are that are doing it in the industry and you're like oh they're doing that so I need to do that but you right. put no thought no strategy is that going to work for your business is that really even what you want for your business it's just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks and you know what honestly it just doesn't feel good it really as much as I'm analytical and I'm logical and I'm very you know organized and all those things I'm also a very like intuitive person about how mm-hmm. you feel on a daily basis the the way you live the you know the way you live every hour and every day um, becomes the way you live your life and so if you're constantly comparing yourself if you're constantly checking what your competitors are doing um, it's gonna feel icky just like your stomach's not gonna feel do you know what I mean I don't yeah I hope I'm explaining that right but when you sit down and you make a solid plan and you feel confident with that plan you lead you be someone that other people look at you don't become the person that's constantly looking at others and building your strategy off of what others are doing. Um, well, it's good. You can learn, you can learn, you can learn from people mm-hmm. and you can take in and that's, that's totally fine. But when it's waking up in the morning and being like, what are they doing? Okay. I'm going to do that today. You know right. what I mean? Like that's right. different than learning some strategies from somebody and then implementing them properly into your business. Um, well, and with a plan and, you know, being able to strategize, like you're saying, you can keep your head down and know exactly what you have to work on. Therefore you have no time to wonder what anybody else is doing because you have set things you have to accomplish. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it's more about, you know, inspiration and just enjoying, Mm -hmm. you know, having your little 30 minutes or whatever on Instagram versus panic and comparison and jealousy and envy. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's really more of a mindset thing. It is a mindset thing. It really is. And being confident. Um, and I just, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for some of the yeah. things that I have to share. So, Okay, so your class at Conference 12, we've touched a little bit on it. The name of it is 10 Corporate Strategies for the Creative Business. Can you maybe share one little thing that they'll get out of that class? Sure. Um, the first thing I want to say is it's that title maybe for a lot of creatives makes them want to run for the hills. <laughs> um, the word corporate and the word strategies is probably like, no. 
<laughs> just tell me how to take pretty pictures. Right. Um, we're, we're a business. I mean, yes, you know? exactly. No, I know. I know. I just, I just know that um, <laughs> there's just so many talented, creative photographers out there. And um, I just right. want you to know that the class will still be fun. It's not going to be a snooze fest. I'm not going to go through profit and loss spreadsheets or anything like that. I promise. <laughs> um, so I think, I think the one, it's, it's not even so much a small thing that I am going to bring to this class, but it's something we've already touched upon, but really building your solid strategies to reach the goal that you're wanting to accomplish mm-hmm. and being very, very business minded about it. You know, we sit down every, most, more, most corporations, you know, the executive um, team sits down each year and you look at your, your, uh, your successes from the year before and you project growth and and what do you want? Do you want 10% growth in 2020? Do you want 50% growth in 2020? And it's it's looking at those things and making those decisions and then coming up with a step-by-step strategy to give you the best shot. Now, of course, you know, if I said I want 50% growth in my business, you know, that's a lofty lofty goal. It is not impossible though. But if you shoot for it and you do all the steps for it and you get 30% growth, I still feel like that's such a huge success. So it's really, um, I'm I'm excited to talk about um, goal planning around around strategies and how corporations do that and um, also just building those timelines out. So I really want everybody that comes to the class um, and comes away from Conference 12 to leave, even if it means and I'm just throwing this out there. I don't know what your schedule looks like, but even if it le- means like I have to do a breakout or something like that, right. I really want people to leave with a strong understanding on how to build a 12 to 18 month um, growth strategy. So a very actionable do this class, 100%. which is great. Okay, 100%. yes, which I'm ex- so super excited about because I think a lot of times people worry that when they come to any sort of event that they'll it'll just be like fluff, which is good mm-hmm. in its own place. But um, no, this will definitely be very actionable uh, class. Absolutely. And I'll even get even down into the weeds a little bit in how do I like I've, you know, I have 10 corporate strategies. So a good portion of them will be real quick, good actionable strategies that are like, okay, this is my strategy. But then we're going to get into building how you build a strategy. Mm -hmm. And then I'll even go as um, deep as showing people like how I build out my weeks and how I build out my months. Mm -hmm. Because you can say by you know, January of 2020, I want to accomplish this or whatever. You know, you can say those things, but it's like, you can't wait until December 15th of 2019. You know what I mean? Like, so this is the second you make those goals, you have to implement the strategy and you have to say, what do I do this week? What do I do this month to ensure that I reach those goals in January of 2020? Um, And so, and I'll show you exactly how I build out my weeks. I mean, it's, it's pretty... I wouldn't say intense. It's just very methodical. It's mm-hmm. very structured. And it's what allows me to always be on my game. And quite frankly, to not like toot my own horn, but to just be highly, highly productive and a huge mm-hmm. asset to the company I work for, which it'll translate so well to uh, right. small business owners. I'm excited. I will say that just because I've known you forever, that people never leave your class without knowing a ton more stuff for their business. That is for sure. Um, 
What? Okay, here's the last two questions. What is the best piece of advice you've ever received when it comes to either photography or running your own business? Oh, gosh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, the best piece of advice. I just honestly, I did when I started my business, I was very, I think I was going in, I was, I think I was like 28 or 29. And I was like about, you know, I was on that, I have birthday issues, y'all. Like I'm just telling you right now. So I was like inching towards 30 and I thought it was, um, you know, I thought it was like the end of the world. I thought the world was flat and at 30 I'd fall off it, you know? So, um, the same thing, I'm always older than you. So yeah. But um, I just felt like I have a 10-year-old son and and a seven-year-old daughter and what have I done with my life? You know, I went through that like, you know, I've done nothing except raise, you know, bring humans into the world. But um, that's pretty, that's so, a pretty good accomplishment, by the way. I know, right? Like how stupid. You look back on, you know, you look back 11, that was 11 years ago and I'm like, oh my gosh, what were you thinking? But, the, but honestly, I didn't really have a lot of entrepreneurs around me. I didn't really, like, like it wasn't, like I said, I started the business when there was like nobody really doing what I was doing in town. And so I really relied on my dad and my husband. And so my dad and my husband, it was more just wide scoping, like, just do it type of, um, and I always have to have that little bit of a push because I have severe um, fear of failure because uh-huh. I'm a bit of a perfectionist. I'm an Enneagram one, if anybody like follows that kind of stuff, but it says a lot about who I am. Um, but just because I don't want to fail. And so I always have to have that little bit of, of a push. And so I think it was just belief in myself. And I know that that's not really probably ties into like the corporate strategies of my class or whatever, but it's just giving it a shot and giving it a shot to your best ability. And so I remember my husband being like, you just go and you just do it and you do it as, as well and as hard and you work as hard as you can at it. And I think that that really spoke to my personality. He's like, okay, I can do this as long as I give it my all, um, and go in 110%. So I think it was just the push of like, you are going to fail at things, um, but you're going to learn from them. And um, it's only going to mean that the next time you try something similar or you're not going to try. I mean, I went through like people stole, like I had a business partner, stole money from me. I mean, I've gone through my fair share of like trials and tribulations as a business owner that taught me so much that now working in the corporate, it's like I can rely so heavily on some of those lessons. And if I still own my own business, which you know, there's always that thought. I'll tell you once, right. once you've owned your own business, you're always like a little yeah, entrepreneur at heart. Yeah. That's in your heart. So, um, you will fail at some things and you'll succeed at some things and you just have to, you have to go for it and you have to give things a shot. Yeah. So. I think that's, um, I think that is a very good piece of advice. Cause I do think fear holds a lot of people back from doing a lot of things, mm-hmm. but knowing that everybody fails, and you can't be successful without failure. It's mm-hmm. how you react to it. That's the best. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, that's really good advice. And I think something else that was, you know, I realized wasn't so much advice someone had given to me, but I realized over the years of being an entrepreneur and, and whatnot is an, an paralysis by mm-hmm. analysis. Mm-hmm. I'm a very ana- analytical person. I mean, good Lord, I'm trying to buy a car right now. And you would think, you know, you think that it's the only car I'm going to drive until the, you know, until the end of the world or something. I mean, like I just overanalyze every little, you know, I'm just have huge fears of making the wrong decision. And so sometimes I just have to be like, you're, you're, you're paralyzing yourself by analyzing, but it also can be a gift. So I know being analytical is a gift, but you have to almost like 
okay, cut it. Just make right. a decision. So right. anyway. Yeah. Okay. So last question. Um, I know that, you know, now you're in the corporate job, you don't do photo shoots as much, but what camera do you use when you do take photos? Okay. Yeah. So I handle all of our like, uh, cocktail shoots and all that. Yep. That's in that my department handles all that. So I hire that out now. Um, so uh-huh. I have photographers that come and do it and I do a lot of the styling and I'm on, on set and whatever, which is so fun. I love that. Oh, I'm sure. Um, but when I do, do you get to shoot, drink the props, yeah we do actually it's a really fun day at um uh, at work we always try to make it a friday let's just say right Um, party time yeah Yeah, exactly i I think i need to taste test that i really need to i need to make sure (laughs) um but when I do shoot, because there's every there's every so often that I need something just really quick, and it's kind of you know that's a blessing of having the the knowledge that I have about photography. Sometimes we're just like on a really quick tight deadline, and I'm like, yeah. oh, I can't I can't get my usual team together, and so I'll just shoot in my office. But um, I shoot with a I always rent gear um, just because I don't shoot enough, but I always uh, rent like a Canon, uh-huh. uh, the 5D, I think whatever. Yeah. whatever my local rental, like whatever. Mark two, Mark three, whatever they've got like in stock in the hour that I need it, you know? Right. Um, and then I really, of course, for cocktail photography, I'd use a hundred uh, millimeter macro. And then I uh-huh. usually will have an 85, 1.2 yeah. or a 51.2 or 1.4, whatever they have at the, yeah. but I, I bounce between, I always rent the macro lens, the 85 and the 50. Yeah. Yeah. Those yeah. three, just because I'm doing a lot of prop and prop work and right. stuff like that. And then um, I but used the, to when I shot when I shot all senior portraits, I really really loved the 50 and the 85. Like well, that's that was, what I was just kind say. of and I, and I shot a five, like the original 5D digital 5D. Right. And then um, so I always have shot Canon. Um, yeah. And I just bounce between the 85 and the 50. It just kind of depends. I feel like if I can remember correctly, the 50 was on my camera more than the 85. But I, um, I feel like it was too for some reason. Yeah. But, you I know, like that's I what I started out with lot. was the 52. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. um, I always say, you know, I know there's a lot of people out there that are like, like love to have a bunch of gear and stuff like that. I'm a, I'm a one lens at a time person. And I started with a 50 and used it solely forever. Then I went to the mm-hmm. 85 and used it solely forever. And then now I'm on the 35, but I never switch lenses ever. Yeah. Yeah. I've rented the yeah. 35 and I actually really liked it too. Or actually my daughter has a 35 cause she loves photography. Oh, she? That's what it is. Is I was, We bought her a 35 for Christmas and she does yeah. some really fun, cool stuff with that. Yeah. So that's awesome. Well, yeah. And yeah. she's a senior. So she's about, has she had her senior photos taken yet? Uh, she's a, well, she's a junior. So yeah, I've scheduled, this is the craziest story that people are like, we don't care in the podcast. Um, but <laughs> I, this, <laughs> this is a full circle moment. Okay. So Marley, um, she needs to do her senior portraits. So she's a junior right now. So she needs to do her senior portraits in like, I think we have them scheduled actually pretty early, like May, just because it gets so hot here in the summer. And then the yearbook stuff has to be turned in so early and it's still hot and humid as heck in September here. So, um, and Marley does not like being hot. So we're going to do like early May, but anyway, so I, have a coworker who's getting married and she gets her engagement pictures. And I was just like, Oh my gosh. And her name's Courtney too. And I was like, Oh, Courtney, your engagement pictures are so pretty. I love that photographer. Do you think she does senior portrait stuff? And it very much was like the style that I knew my daughter would like. And my daughter hates getting her picture taken. So I was like, I got to find a photographer that she's going to be excited about the style. So 
the coworker gives me the photographer's like Instagram handle or whatever. And so I look her, look it up and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. She does do some just portrait work, not just weddings and engagement. So I'm like, okay. So I reach out to her and I'm like, Hey, I'd like you to do my senior, my daughter's senior portraits. And we're kind of like chatting on Instagram DM and everything. And then I'm like, huh, this girl, there's something about her that seems familiar, but I'm like, huh, I've lived here for 13 years. I'm sure I just, I did her senior portraits and, oh my God. Her, and she fell in love with photography and the experience and has been like practicing and working at photography ever since her senior portraits. And she was one of my first senior classes. I think she was, I think she was like year two or something like that. And she said, I don't know if you remember this, but I was your, I, you did my senior portraits and I loved it so much. And I fell in love with photography, started taking classes, took photography. And, and so Literally, and I told her, I was like, I had a feeling like there was a part of, because, you know, I would shoot quite a few seniors a season. It's not like I don't remember people, but there was something about her, but it's been eight years. So she looks totally, yeah. I mean, you know, she's an adult woman now. Like she doesn't look like a little high school girl. And um, I couldn't put my finger on it really. And I was like, I could, I, you know, I might've done this girl. And I even said that to my daughter. I was like, I might've done her senior portraits. I'm not hundred percent sure. And, um, I just think it's so cool. And she's like, this is like, that she is was, awesome. I told her, I was like, listen, I did not seek you out or choose you because I remember, you know, like it was your right. style alone. And, um, she was like, oh my God, she was very excited. So it was very sweet. It was like, I'm really excited for her to do. And so now she's going to do my daughter's senior portraits. I think that's that so is awesome. I know. Oh, see, you started her career. Oh my gosh. I don't know about that. She's very, very talented. The experience you provided made her yeah. love it so much. I, I mean, know. Makes- I just, I know of all the people I could have like sought out and chosen in town because a lot of people are doing it in town now and and um so it's just neat I don't know it, it was I'm, I'm excited about it and it's just crazy that my baby is you know we're doing senior yeah. portraits for yeah. Marley but well thank you so much for joining me today I think that yes. people have um not only learned a little bit from this podcast but hopefully we'll um have a little insight into what else they can learn from you at conference 12 which if you're listening conference 12 is August 25th through the 28th in Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, we have 10 spots left and registration closes April 1st. So grab a seat if you want to know more about corporate strategies to run a creative business and so much more. Um, Thank you so much, Courtney, for joining me. Thank you for having me. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Seniorology Podcast. 